What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of X Knows All. I'm so happy you guys are here. Today's episode, I kid you not, I was. This is the first episode where I was actually in tears. Jenna from Date Card Pod cracks me the hell up, and I know that if you guys have any sense of humor, you will find her equally as funny. We talk about everything. Well, I guess the majority of this episode was supposed to be focused on Bachelor Secrets, and we certainly go there. We talk about Emily Maynard season, tidbits on Peter Krause, Rachel Lindsay, Becca Cooperin, Katie Thurston, and Greg, Hannah Brown, the celebrity wives of Nashville subreddit. We talk about the Kaylin Blake stagecoach gate. We talk about my experience having been filmed on After the Final Rose for Bachelor in Paradise for the season where Kaylin and Dean left together. We talk about our least favorite people from the franchise <laughs> and Amanda Stanton. Uh, and we also talk about date card, pod, Jenna's body inclusivity movement, roses for every body. You guys, this episode literally is one of my favorites to date. I kid you not. The chemistry that Jenna and I have is next to none. It's so good. I'm super excited for you guys to listen to it. I just want to talk really quickly up top about just some things we talk about specifically as it pertains to body image and the inclusivity of the term fat. I just want to offer up a trigger warning for those of you that may be subject or sensitive to the specific subject matter that we're covering today. The last thing I want to do is trigger anyone. I know every single one of us has our own specific and very unique journeys as it pertains to self-worth and body image and eating disorder rhetoric. So I want to just be very clear that anything I say is meant with love and it's not meant to offend. Uh, I don't think anything in this specific episode will be necessarily triggering, but I just want to at least put that trigger warning up top in the event that you're going through your own journey, and I want to have compassion for that as well. But you guys, I'm so excited for you to listen to it. As always, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and I've been pretty honest with you guys about kind of where I've been at with the show. Well, actually, I take that back. I don't know if I've been entirely honest with where I've been at with this show, it's gaining a lot of traction in the best way possible and I could have never envisioned that the show that I'm doing right now a year later would be what it is today and by no means am I any, you know, a big time creator whatsoever. I think the one thing that I'm incredibly grateful for as the show continues to progress is the number of people I've gotten to know and gotten to really grow very closely with and the relationships I've formed with so many other people. I haven't met 90% of the people that I've podcasted with, but like the relationships that I've formed through doing this podcast is truly incredible. And not only like the content creators that I'm partnering with, but the listeners and the relationships I've formed with all of you guys. When you guys slide into my DMs, when you guys send me TikToks that remind you of me or of the show or a specific, whoop, it cut me off. What I was going to say was that if I love it when you guys send me TikToks, Instagrams, messages about things that remind you of you or specific subject matter that I've covered on the show and I do not take that lightly. I consider every one of you my friends, truly. I speak to all of you sometimes more often than I speak to some of my own friends. You guys are truly in everything of the sort. Listenership, the one thing I will ask of you guys, if you could be so kind, I know I ask all of you guys to rate, review, and subscribe, and that's all very important, but if there's specific episodes that you guys really resonated with or you think that a friend or family member would really take interest in. I know a lot of you guys were quite enthralled by the Malaysia Airlines uh, flight. A lot of you guys were really enthralled with the House of Hilton. You guys loved the Gossip Girl episodes. If there's specific sh- like episodes that you think would really like one of your friends or family members would love, please send it to them so I could get my listenership up. 
full transparency, I'm really working hard to get sponsorships on the show so I can continue doing the show and creating even better quality shows, whether that's extending the episode length or getting more, you know, getting more backing to be able to do more research on the show. Like all of these things matter. And in order to produce a quality show, it means getting more listenerships and getting more people like people's ears on it. And I know if anything, the know-it-alls can do it all. You guys are the smartest fucking people I've ever met. You guys are so so ride or die for this show and I know it's a very small percentage of you I mean who am I kidding I have like 1400 followers on fucking Instagram okay I'm a loser but our our network of the know-it-alls is so high and mighty I have no doubt that we could ultimately get there and I'm going to do it really with the help of you guys this is equally as much your show as it is mine and I know that if we can continue to extend our reach extend our grasp on people that listen to the show that will enjoy it as much as you do I promise that that will create a better show for you so all that I ask is that you send this show to someone that you love maybe send it to like a dude that you went on a date with be like oh I know we were talking about that conspiracy theory about Malaysia Airlines you should hit up you know this girl's podcast you know send it over to them or whatever anything will help but as always, guys, I so, so appreciate the listen. And by the time this records, I may or may not be in Miami. Uh, I'm celebrating my 32nd birthday on Friday, March 3rd. And I may or may not book a last-minute trip to Miami. So by the time this comes in your airwaves, I could be out of town. I could not be. Everything is still very much in the air. But that would be the greatest birthday, which of all, is if we extended the show beyond its existing reach. I love you guys so much. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode about the Bachelor franchise with Jenna from Date Card Pod. And without further ado, let's get into it. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. We have a special guest here sitting right in front of me. We have Jenna from Date Card Pod. Jenna is kind of like you're an everything of the sort girly because you really are like the front woman I'd say. And you're speaking like you're speaking to the general public about like what the fuck is going on with the franchise for those that still watch. And you're taking a queer comedic perspective with your co-host Danica, who I've yet to meet, but I'm sure she's an, also an everything of the sort girly, but welcome to the show, Jen. I'm so happy yeah. you're here. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so kind. I mean, <laughs> if I'm like always in everyone's face, it's because I just have mental illness. I mean, <laughs> I am just too online. <laughs> no, I love it. And I, I was telling you this like offline and everything, but I think what this show, it's such an old, old show. And I, mm-hmm. my relationship with The Bachelor has gone on for almost like a decade and a half at this point. And I've recently stopped watching, but I love the way that you approach the show. And you've also kind of, you started this incredible initiative offline from being like a fervent viewer of the show and talking about the body inclusion and how the bachelor franchise has done essentially next to nothing when it comes to body diversity and casting um anything but like a size zero so can you tell me one tell us a little bit about your show and two just talk about like the body inclusion movement that you've kind of ignited yeah thank you um yeah so as christy said uh my podcast and my podcast page uh, dissects the Bachelor franchise through a queer leftist kind of just real bitchy lens. Um, and what I love about that is that many people think that like The Bachelor is just like just this really like shitty conservative straight like 
you know, real basic show. And it is in many ways, but there is like such a huge community of its audience that is actually pretty progressive and queer and, you know, spans all sorts of communities and demographics. And when you kind of get into that community, it's really fucking fun to like literally be in the DMs and be talking about what happened this week on the, you know, show, but then also be like a cab or like talk about politics or, uh, you know, talking about reproductive rights because it it's all connected. And because what people don't really realize is The Bachelor is such a microcosm of our society. It is such a mirrored image of like what we deal with in our world with sexism, with racism, with all sorts of things. And so it's a really great vehicle to actually have, I think, interesting conversations about the things that are going on in our life. So uh, I kind of fell into doing the podcast because I used to be a stand-up comedian. And uh, if you're a stand-up comedian, you have to have a podcast. So I, you know. Obviously. <laughs> exactly. And I was inspired by people like uh, Emma and Claire, who had a podcast called Here to Make Friends. It's now called Love to See It. But they were a really great feminist take on The Bachelor and... I love them dearly. And I was just like, I can do this as well. And so I started doing it about five years ago. Danica came on. We've been doing it together for a while. She's taking a little bit of a sabbatical right now. And um, love and light to her. She's the best. But she <laughs> was getting kind of bogged down in a lot of different life things. And I, like I said earlier, I just can't seem to stop apparently. <laughs> so I've just continued to go in hard on The Bachelor. And yeah, as Chrissy also mentioned, um, this year I helped start a campaign with some other individuals called Roses for Everybody. And it is a body size inclusive campaign geared specifically at the Bachelor franchise, but it definitely is. The goal is to get fat representation in all reality dating shows. Uh, we started with Bachelor because it's our core competency, but also because the Bachelor is the longest running show of this kind. It's been around for 21 years. Uh, no other show can hold a candle to it, let's be frank. I mean, there are shows that are kind of getting better, you know, maybe more entertaining in some ways. But it's, it is a cornerstone of our fucking, like, culture. It is. It, it, it is. And, like, what – you were saying things. I was thinking of so many things. I think, one, I'm really curious to hear from your perspective, being a queer person – Mm -hmm. watching this show that features exclusively heterosexual relationships how yeah. did that feel because like I didn't even honestly didn't even think of that but that comes from just like my heterosexual perspective yeah. I'm yeah. curious for you growing up and watching this show and so consuming it like what did that do for you and like was it bothersome to feel like this was the only kind of romance that's being shown or I'm just curious from your perspective what yeah. that felt like for you yeah, I think it's evolved over the years to me now wanting more representation in these shows. But for the longest time, I didn't really care because, you know, I kind of came at it from this, like, standpoint of these people are horrible. This show is horrible. I don't need to see my community represented there, you know, really. <laughs> and, Nor would you uh, want to, honestly. Like, right. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I necessarily need to see this. And then, you know, but then I've evolved to now being like, no, any representation is good representation. And also, I've just, yeah, like, personally have evolved to be, like, understanding the nuances to, like, um, this is usually used more in, like, a racial conversation, but, like, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? It's a like a model minority, you know, concept. Yeah. And so like the idea that like all queer and fat people have to be perfect in order to be shown in these, you know, situations, I think is like a flawed concept. So, you know, I'm like, no, let's bring all the fucking case on. Let's make it messy because the joke always running is, is when you talk about, will there ever be a queer bachelor season? Like where mm. it's exclusively that mm-hmm. everyone always says, oh my God, but wouldn't the like, you know, people who are all like the same sex, you know, contestants, when they just fall in love with each other. And I say, and, 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 and the problem is because that would be the most dramatic season that has ever happened. Right. Right. Like what? Yeah. No, that's such a good point. It's like, and then what? Like, so what if that happens? Yeah. It's like not a problem. (laughs) Right. Actually, that seems very, in actuality, if I'm actually thinking through this, like from a viewer perspective, that would actually be quite juicy for me to see the inner turmoil within the house of Mm -hmm. the women or the men that are fighting for Mm -hmm. one another, not just for a single person. Another thing I wanted to point out too was the idea in the term like fat, right? Because Mm -hmm. I've been like very immersed into like the body inclusion movement. Like I've not talked about it too much on the show. I've talked about it like between you and I and the other girls yeah. in the podcast collective, but I like had like my own uh, body image struggles and things like that. I won't get into that too much, but what I will say is yeah, the term fat is often portrayed as like a bad word. Like uh, yeah. sometimes like, you know, when you're younger, Oh, well she's fat, you know? And it's yeah. the reason that it's become such a stigmatized bad word, quote unquote, so to speak is because it's mm-hmm. almost as if, well, fat is bad because we shouldn't be fat. When in yeah. fact, when in fact, yeah. bodies mm-hmm. comes in all shapes and sizes, mm-hmm. 99.9% of, the, of it is due to genetics. You know, sure, yeah. you could work out a bit, you could change your diet, but your body is basically, you're born with a certain body and whether that's fat, thin, athletic, short, tall, yeah. all those things should be able to exist and be spoken mm-hmm. about in a way that's not hush-hush. But the, right. the way that we discuss fatness is talked about in like a really bad way when in fact it's like really how is it any different than me saying I have brown hair or brown eyes or that I'm a yeah. short person or that I'm Asian yeah. or, or whatever it shouldn't be any different but it sucks that we've now come to this point where well we've always been at this point now we're trying to move the discussion to where mm-hmm. why couldn't we allow fat people and we shouldn't even be able to say why can't we allow fat people like it's just a, well, it's just an adjective what. yeah yeah no I'll tell you what we have literally had we we as a campaign it's five of us we've been we worked on it for like four months before we launched it in july we've been working on it ever since it's going great now but like those months leading up to it we i cannot tell you the amount of zoom calls meetings we had discussing just that term alone and how we were going to use it in our, our campaign and we were all of the mindset that we wanted to do it because that felt right to us as liberationists or want to be liberations like we're working towards that and we all believe it's not a bad word, et cetera, et cetera. But we knew that we would get pushback and we did. And ultimately, we obviously decided to make the main campaign name is Roses for Everybody. But the tagline is Fat Bachelor Inclusion Campaign. And we use the word fat in all of our, you know, campaign, our petition, all of our stuff, because we believe in destigmatizing the words. But yes. we have gotten so much pushback. We got pushback from you know, alumni that wouldn't share for us because they were like, I actually really love this campaign, but I feel uncomfortable sharing. Um, We got pushback from the fat community, you know, in our comments being like, love this, but I actually am taking great offense to you guys using Mm -hmm. this word. And we're like, Mm -hmm. 
and it's everyone's journey and no one should use the word that doesn't feel comfortable to them. Absolutely. But at the same time, like as we believe in many, this is like a liberationist terminology, but it's like, you cannot fight for the thing that you are trying to fight for. If you cannot even name it uh, neutrally, if you cannot talk about it neutrally, then we cannot actually get anywhere. And, you know, if you're a thin person and listening to this right now and you're feeling a little uncomfortable about that one, I give you permission to say the word neutrally or positive in your day-to-day life as a fat person, but also like, you know, listen to the community. We're telling you (laughs) to like, to sit with that uncomfortability and like, you know, start using this word in a positive way because it, it, the negativity is held by the system that is oppressing us. Yes, exactly. And I think, beautifully put I couldn't even put it in a better way and I want to acknowledge like me as not a fat person I I don't want to ever speak to an experience that I don't specifically know about but I'm trying what I'm trying to do and I'm I want to be very careful because I know that people that listen that listen can be very sensitive to like eating and body image things so I want to be very yeah, of course like, careful with what subject. I'm saying I don't want to yeah. come across as insensitive at all uh, what I exactly what you said like in order for us to get there for us to have that body inclusion for us to welcome any and every type of body disabled, able-bodied, yeah. you know, thin, fat is destigmatizing the word. And I think it's, mm-hmm. I think I would challenge those that are listening that are perhaps maybe a bit triggered by it. Again, coming from like a thinner person perspective, like try and get curious as to what about it makes you uncomfortable yeah. and like maybe try yeah. to unpack that a bit because I think ultimately it's simply just an adjective that we need to just, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be something uncomfortable. It's just a way to, to describe someone. And I'm, I'm glad that's really interesting that you guys had like a, like a serious discussion about like, how should we call this out? What do we want it mm-hmm. to look like? How do we want, like, mm-hmm. how do we want to speak about it? And I'm, so happy that I'm on like that right side of history in terms of just like yeah, saying it and just too. not making it a big deal because it shouldn't be a big deal. It shouldn't be a big deal. And you know, there's just so much work to be done, of course, but that's what representation would help with. And yeah. that's what we're hoping to garner from this campaign and other campaigns like it is to get positive representation out there. Um, because like change comes from people who are holding uh, anti-fat bias and in they're inside themselves still like in their heads, even if they are themselves actually a pretty great and like progressive person. Mm. Um, some of the most progressive people I've ever met still hold a lot of fat phobia inside 100%. them, um, you know, including myself, like we all have to unpack it. But um, in, in order for... A, a lot of these people to start to unpack that because they want to, they have to see these narratives. They have to talk about it. They have to, they have to listen to people in the community. And one of the greatest ways to do that is media. And one of the most accessible media there ever is, is reality TV. And I think I love that kind of concept. When I heard that for the first time, I like got chills because as a pop culture girly, we talk about a lot of pop culture stuff and it might seem frivolous. It might seem stupid to most people, but Media like this, gossip, pop culture, reality TV is the most accessible type of media. It's free. It's there. It's you don't need a big brain to listen to it or to, to like, you know, you, can you everyone really can from get it. it. Yeah. 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 So like we it can, it can influence our culture. It does influence our culture. And so we need to see storylines on TV in regards to The Bachelor, which is what we're here to talk about, is that. You know, The Bachelor in this 21 year running has literally never had a storyline about fatness that is not trauma based. We have had hundreds of people come on and talk about their body uh, journey. And those are all valid journeys. Never am I taking away from that. But what I have a problem is, is the show literally never showing a narrative that isn't. I hated myself when I was bigger and now I lost the weight. 
And now I'm on your fucking show because now I'm worthy of love. <laughs> that is, I had never thought of it like that. But now that I'm racking my brain, the first person that comes to mind, just because I followed her story for a while, is Olivia Caridi. Yeah. We talk about, like, she's just like an example. I'm not calling her yeah. with, like, for any other reason. But, like, she said, like, you know, I was always a chubby kid. And now, you know, she people on the show, when they were watching Ben's season, Ben Higgins' season, saying, oh, Olivia has cankles. And she said, you know, that term brings up a lot of trauma because I grew up as the fat kid. And that's such a good point. I never even realized that any time weight is discussed, it's when I used to be a fat person and I no longer am not. And here I am now willing and, like, worthy of finding love. When it should just be like, well, why couldn't you have been worthy of finding love yeah. years ago when you were fat? Yeah. It, yeah, this is such such good discussion, and I encourage everyone that's listening, you know, take a look at Jenna's Instagram. She has all the resources there. I'll, of course, link everything on the show notes about the Roses for Every Body campaign. There's petitions. I don't know. If there's Is there still a petition? I did sign a petition. Yeah, yeah we just signed. We just um, made 11,000 signatures, so. That is amazing. And who, yeah. who are you specifically? Like, do you partner with anyone that's come out of the franchise with this body inclusivity movement like who are those kind of people we can call out right now I'm so curious. um you know like we've had a lot of support here and there um you know it kind of wavers on how much support they're giving publicly because of like the show's backlash and things like that but one of our biggest things is that Rachel Lindsay has um signed us and shouted us out on another podcast we've had okay. Katie Thurston sign and share us we've had um Rodney from Michelle's season. We've had uh, a lot of people. Sarah Heron from oh, yeah. Um, Chris. No, um, God, when was Sean Lowe? Sean Sean Lowe's season is a big supporter. Um, we had Caitlin shout us out. Caitlin Bristow. That was oh, wow. a huge big day for us. Um, That's yeah. Huge. There's been yeah. There's been a lot of people who have shared us. Um, we would love to have more support, but mm-hmm. it's a trippy. It's a tricky subject, you know. Oh, uh, also, how can I forget? We were actually on Peter Weber's podcast before it ended, and got interviewed by Peter and Dustin, which were both on Hannah Brown season, and that was a really wonderful conversation because Peter was very vulnerable on that podcast. And literally said that the show made him feel horrible about his body as a lead. And I think that's just like something that has to be talked about is that they always do these shower scenes. Oh my God. And they make the the leads take their shirts off, you know? And I mean, and I think that's another thing with like the eating disorder community is that you think eating disorders, and again, I don't want to go too much into this because I know it's like a sensitive subject, but like people think eating disorders look look and feel a certain way that it's this Mm -hmm. anorexic girl, white that's you know but when in fact if you were to look in a room of what that looks like it's every single body you would Mm -hmm. I would I'm willing to bet that if you stepped into a room you wouldn't even realize that 99.9% of those people actually struggled so it's a it looks differently whether it's with men with women with body types anything Mm -hmm. so that's Mm -hmm. that's shocking and I'm so glad that you were I remember when you were on Peter's um Mm -hmm. podcast right before I got shut down but that's so that's so cool, like, that you were able to, like, chat with him about it. And, like, with leads and stuff, like, Caitlin and Rachel Lindsay yeah. and, and Peter, like, you guys have really made such a reach uh, yeah. with this community. So I'm I'm so I, – I, I love that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it's but really let's exciting, get, hopefully. <laughs> let's get into some of, like – so this this episode I want to focus on, like, more light stuff. Um, let's transition <laughs> a bit to kind of some fun Bachelor secrets. And I'm just going to kind of, like – go down the list and just I want to get your thoughts and like yeah first before we dive into the every secret what about the show kind of drew you in like what started your interest in the in the show yeah I mean it was definitely really superficial in the sense that my first season ever was Jake Pavelka oh on the wings of love <laughs> yeah absolutely 
on the wings. Um, and yes, I think you know I don't remember much of his season, but what I, what is viscerally cemented into my brain is his breakup scene with Vienna on some couches in the courtyard of the mansion with Chris Harrison sitting across with him, Ugh. and it was so emotionally fucking abusive and violent. But it's I so scary. It was so. It scary. was so fucking scary. I'm like, should I call the cops? But I literally was like, oh. Yeah, I think I'm probably gonna be watching this for the rest of my fucking life. Um, and <laughs> yep, ever since. Um, I you know, so I think I watched it for those just kind of selfish reasons or like shallow reasons. And then I got more, you know, I I there's a good portion of my watching history where I got really invested in the love story elements of it. Like I Desiree and Chris was my like favorite love story. I I loved like uh Sean and Catherine's, all of them oh. I get I would cry. And then when I kind of entered in my like woke feminist era, um, I and like 2020 came and all this shit. I had my podcasts. I came into more like bitchy um, call out era. And that's been kind of like um, feeding the monster for a while. But at the same time, I'm trying to find <laughs> I'm trying to find a balance between just enjoying the show for what it is and the comfort blanket that it is because it's comfort blanket to me and I know what to expect and I love that about it and then also asking the show to do better and all the things that it is like you know failing at so (laughs) I remember watching Sean and Catherine season and being so like when you're talking about like getting so emotional when watching the show I was and like for those of you that don't know like Jen and I have been in the same Slack channel for months and months and months and she was like I had no idea you were a Bachelor fan because I'd never heard you speak about the show or whatever I have been a stan I want to say since I was maybe in the sixth or seventh seventh grade so this is like 2004 I've been so such a stan of the show I stopped watching right during Matt James's season yeah uh, but I agree. Like, I think I just fell in love with the love story and I love the drama surrounding it. And it almost felt like my Super Bowl. Every time a season would come on, I would be engaging with coworkers about the show. We would have watch parties with my friends in college. We'd all gather around, have ice cream. Like, it was such a ritual and it felt like such a bonding experience with so many of my friends. And I think, and we talked about this before of like, you have to admit that the show brings people together. It drives it relationships. It drives mm-hmm. relationships. Like you, you maintain friendships and friendships are built based on the show. And it's like the way that like men can like relate through sports. We can relate yeah. through the bachelor. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. You're like, Oh my God. Did you see what happened this week? And, and you, and you cause you want to like talk to another person about it. And like, yeah. have, you know, see if they like thought the same thing or whatever. It's, it's such a, it really has that hold. And I mean, there's other reality shows that have that too. Like Survivor, I think is probably the most closest to yes, how much like, it can build a community. Yeah. Um, or like Big Brother but, maybe too. Yeah, Big Brother too. Yeah, I would imagine. But yeah, it's it's great like that. I love that you, yeah, you watched it during the the golden years as it were. And uh, I'm trying to convince you to come back to the dark side, but. Well, you've kind of gotten me a little bit like juice to maybe perhaps watch. Is that, is that his name, Zach? yeah zach season because you you told me when i was recording for your patreon last week you're like this feels like the most reminiscent of like what the show used to be before social Mm -hmm. media so like Mm -hmm. i think that's what kind of gotten got me a little bit tethered out of the show because i was thinking you know i just something about this just feels that the framework that the show has kept the marriage proposal at the very end like not acknowledging social media making sure every phone phones are taken away it just doesn't feel like it's evolving in the climate that our entire world's evolving and I think that's what kind of got me frustrated and that coupled with the fact that like everyone that came on the show 
was so young, specifically the women, not even necessarily mm-hmm. the men. The women were so young. They were so thirsty for fame, for Instagram fame. Yeah. They just wanted to like show products. And I just felt like it was so inauthentic and so unrelatable. I'm like, yeah. none of these people have careers. None of these are like actual legitimate. They're not, they're not real people to me. Like they're just like models basically. And it just didn't feel relatable. My question to you, Jenna, is what, based on like all of like the work you've done in this franchise, what are some secrets that you're like willing to spill on this show? I just literally thought of one that I haven't told like anyone, I think. Spill it. Spill it. About <laughs> and I'm contestant, like, and a story, kinda... an anecdote. <laughs> tell me. I want to hear it. Oh, well, there's like probably more I could say, but like um, this one that just kind of is onto the topic you were just talking about is I used to be very active in a DMs with one of like the producers um one of the like on-site producers yeah Stop, okay. and he would like dm me and ask me if i liked the show and so, like he would because he liked um he liked my takes on it he likes yeah. the progressive takes on it he's a progressive person so it was like he really loved it and he would like laugh along on my stories he would be like bloody bloody blah he and then like kind of when the chris harrison stuff was getting really bad and i was one of many accounts really hammering home for him to get fired. He one time DM'd me and was like, keep going. Um, <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm curious how much of ABC and production and everything was for Chris Harrison's departure versus not. Do you have I any insight into that? The I would say the line is like executives versus like lower level producers, people who are under the the like the underlings who make the show fucking happen i think fucking hated him <laughs> oh, yeah. i think all the rich people up above were like good with each other um although i have a little suspicious that like mike flies the creator didn't like love chris because mike is that. like kind of progressive and chris is very conservative I mean, they're both two very rich white men, so I think they were <laughs> probably fine with each other. But, like, I think they probably butted heads. But, so, one time that same producer told me um, in a rant about Dylan Barber. Yeah, Hannah G's <laughs> fiancé. Yeah. Are they married yet? Oh, uh, they're about to get married in August. Okay. They just released the date. So, he was ranting. Well, he, we were, I was just talking shit about some of the men, right? And he, on, like, in my stories, and he DM'd me. He was like, oh, my God, yeah, these men are horrible. They're d- d- dumbasses. Like, some of them are great, but, like, a lot of them are dumbasses. And then he was like, Dylan is such a fucking piece of shit. Like, I I hate him. <laughs> Not a piece well, of why? shit, but, like, he's, like, he's like annoying. He's an idiot. He's, like, he's so. Annoying. Yeah, he's so, like, fame hungry. I really did not like working with him. And then he, the producer said something along the lines of where I got the energy from him that the fellow producers that are like on-site producers like are bitter and kind of hate the fucking contestants because they make more money than the producers do with I could totally if they become that. you know fan faves right right and they have influencer like pull right and i can't remember exactly how he worded it but it was just like he was like they're just they're so fucking annoying and they make more money and they are so like thankless and yada 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 and that has like i've that's always thought in my head is i wonder if like because of the shift because when you had the ashley eyes and the andes and the um jade and just all those people who really make full like million dollar careers off of the show right like they are so fucking amanda stanton right like beyond rich from the show they blew up and then 
those producers are just sitting here like being like, oh, well, fuck me. And then they see all these new people, like you're saying, that all come on yeah. for the same thing. They want to be in Ashley I and in status rather. And um, and how I wonder if they fuck with them now, because I feel like they fuck with the contestants way more in the last couple seasons than ever before. Like make their lives miserable, cause them to have like breakdowns and like give them villain edits and I wonder if there's just like something at play I could totally see that because it's like I'm the reason why you're acting a fool because I'm manipulating and and producing you Mm -hmm. literally but then it's like you're reaping the benefits of like my my grunt work at the back end that no one Mm -hmm. sees it's like Mm -hmm. it's like in corporate America when like you're literally like 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 bustle, bustling your ass like behind Excel yeah. and then you make the big guy look good like it's kind of mm-hmm. like that same dynamic where like the producers are doing all the work and then the contestants come out based on like their production skills which actually right. totally makes make sense you know what's so funny like I'll have to tell you offline but I have some like crazy tea about Amanda Stanton but that I literally can't even talk about but you can't even. she's from she's like from where, I, where I'm from and oh, she's only a year I... older than me so I have a lot of stuff on her uh, can we she's... talk about her dog is that po- <laughs> Oh, the dog that she just got rid of? Yeah. I can't. She's had so many fucking dogs. I I find her to be so fraudulent and I really can't stand her. But what I will say. justice for Poppy. Yeah, justice for Poppy. What I will say is when I move back down from San Francisco to Southern California, I go to all that. Like she has pretty good recommendations of like where I get facials at, where I get like my brows laminated, et cetera, et cetera. So like she does give a fire review, but I've also heard things from like, anyways. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll we'll get into it. But um, yeah, what I want to say quickly, so what some insider tea that I have, it's not even like that big of, of insider tea, but my friend went to a wedding. Mm-hmm. This was like a couple years ago and Robbie was in the wedding party and she was texting me the entire time. Here's Robbie like eating breakfast, Robbie on the beach. He was just like, the. she told me he was fucking weird. Like he yeah. was super quiet kind of just like a spider in the background just watching everything and he had he didn't have like an actual like girlfriend at the time so we yeah. brought this like exactly who you would think he would bring some like instagram yep. yeah. thoughty yeah. model on yep. this on the trip and just was like wanting to i think he like didn't even show up to the rehearsal dinner like he was just super like on his own fucking high horse on his own private island in his head like just kind of just weird and quiet into himself which is like completely like the opposite of who he portrayed on the show he kind of appeared douchey but she's like no he's just like a weird introverted kind of solo solo freak um another thing that i've heard about lauren b is i know on good authority and i said this on your patreon that that girl parties really fucking hard and I won't even get into like the specifics, but I have a friend who partied with her. And yeah, that girl used to party a lot, um, which yeah. I kind of love for her. She doesn't bother me as much as like Amanda Stanton does, but like her like right wing views certainly really bother me. But I like that she's kind of distanced herself from the franchise. What do you what do you have to think about Lauren B and, and Robbie? Yeah, when we talked about her parting ways last week, I Googled image searched her and I was like, her, <laughs> you know, younger ages and like when she was on the show and I was just like, yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. I don't it know checks. if that woman is, <laughs> has ever been uh happy. <laughs> but um and yeah, I mean, I find it very fascinating cuz she was such a uh, such a, you know, franchise darling and you know, she her and Ben didn't work out and it just seemed so like sudden to most of us because well, it did seem sudden because like, you know, the whole I, I love you to two women really shattered the whole thing and I do think that she was insecure about that rightly so. 
Um, but it, you know, she kind of stayed clean. I, I, I'm just impressed that she was able to like get out of that without any drama. Um, so many other past, you know, winners and who have broken up with their guys have never been able to like get out of it as clean as she. And now she's with this guy, Chris Lane, and he looks like he punches walls, (laughs) drinks like a fish. Yeah, he. I was like, he needs some water, like, and some lotion. Like, I don't know. Like, he needs to drink hyd- like, hydrate and, like, lotion himself up. He just looks very dry and cracked. Oh, God. But, yeah, I kind of – yeah, I kind of feel badly for her. But next thing I want to get into is how much the leads get paid. So, I guess, typically mm. – I'm curious if you've heard this. The leads typically get paid 100 k The contestants get paid zilch up, mm-hmm. up until, you know, when they leave the franchise and they get Instagram followers and sponsorships. Mm-hmm. But – Specifically talking about on the TV show, the leads get 100K usually. And I've heard that like confirmed by like Ben Higgins and like I think Peter mm-hmm. Weber. But I guess Emily Maynard got 250K. Did you hear mm-hmm. anything about this? Yeah, that sounds correct to me. And then I think Hannah Brown was able to get more. Why is that? Why would they make, why would they give, I'm just trying to think. Cause like for me, if I think about compelling leads that everyone was like yeah. dying to see, I think of Ben Higgins. Yeah. Uh, I guess Emily Maynard, I guess it kind of makes sense to me because she was kind of like, I think they had even tried. I remember based on uh, Brad Womack's season that Emily Maynard won, her and Brad Womack ended up breaking up. But I remember remember Bentley, he said on the show, he was like, I wish it were Emily Maynard. And now we got Ashley. I. It's like what you see on Amazon versus what you get in the mail type thing. But after Ashley, not Ashley, I season, Ashley, Um, whatever. Herbert. Ashley, yeah, Ashley H. After Ashley yeah. H's season, then they brought in Emily Mater. But I think mm-hmm. my theory is that Emily Mater was kind of like, I think she kind of saw the show maybe as perhaps a bit too lowbrow. And in order to incentivize her to come back on as a lead, they gave her more money. Or I, I don't know. This is just my speculation. What do you think? No, I, I agree. And I love it for her because she knew she knew they she had what they wanted. It was somebody who got heartbroken from winning. So the process works. But didn't but like now it can again that's so juicy for the show her being a mom who was even willing to do that while still having a kid so juicy for them and her original like husband or whatever died in like a horrible like fucking race, race car, car drive <laughs> crash yeah. and was like famous and so like i think she just obviously had someone in her corner or she was smart enough to just be like i know this is what you guys want and it's gonna be one of the best seasons ever and she was fucking right i mean it's embarrassing she picked jeff with one f Oh, um, Jeff with one but, F. <laughs> but I mean, also, who did she have to choose from? Ari? Yeah. Christ. You What's know, funny? Jeff with one F, he dated one of these girls that I used to be friends with in high school. Like, and they still hang out all the time. It's so weird. Like, I love that. Yeah. But he, she was like a party girl. It's just, it's like funny. I'm like, wait, is, what's her name? Yeah. With Jeff with one F <laughs> from The Bachelor. But he's, what I've read since about when I was doing research for the show, I read that Emily Maynard. Did you read her memoir? No. Okay, I didn't either. But people on Reddit had a lot to say about her memoir because I guess what had happened was she comes from like a very southern upbringing, mm-hmm. like somewhere in West Virginia or something. And I guess when she started dating Ricky, who's the her the widow, she's. I mean, yeah. I don't even think they ever got, got married, did they? Yeah, okay, I don't sure. think they ever. Got, As I said it, I was like, I don't know, but I don't think they ever got married. But when they were together. She was, I think, 14 years old. And he was... Oh, let me Let me look. Yeah. No, that he, tracks. No, yeah. it tracks, dude. He was around... Tw- I'm reading. He was around 20 or 21, and she was only 13 or 14 years old when they got together. And I guess what had happened was Ricky, the now deceased ex-boyfriend or ex-husband, 
his parents came from money. And I don't think Emily necessarily came from a lot of money. I don't think she was necessarily poor by any means, but just kind of normal. And I think mm-hmm. what I read on Reddit for from those that read the memoir was that her parents were actively pushing her and kind of gro- allowing her to be groomed by this yeah. older man because he came yeah. from like a family of status and wealth. And in the South, I guess that means a lot. Uh, so Yeah. And now she's married to this like hyper-Christian dude. Yes. And they have like eight kids. Right. Like she's like, she is, to your point, her, I loved her. I thought she was like an elegant, classy woman. I think her aesthetic was exactly what the Bachelor franchise represents. Like that small town, Southern Christian, Southern mm-hmm. belle with a child. You know, like it was literally, it was a formula for a perfect season. And it certainly was. But it's like, she as a person, not only was she gorgeous, but she had that story, which is why I could think it could incentivize them to pay her a lot more. But I guess yeah. when people read her memoir, they said that when yeah. she was with Ricky, they painted a picture like it was this beautiful romance that she got swept off from. She was apparently depressed she, in her early 20s. She had basically no fun because she had, once she had gotten impregnated by Ricky with her now child, who's also named Ricky, she shacked up with with both old Ricky and child Ricky, and she was in her early 20s. She didn't ever get to live out, like, this fantasy of, like, yeah. being young and slutty in your 20s. So people have, like, theories that the reason she had chosen Jeff with one F was because he kind of represented this more fun, spirited, that, light. Doesn't oh that make so gosh. much sense? I'm really happy I know this now. It, like, literally, like, a piece, like, a block just, like, went into place. Like, oh! Right? It makes which sense because, and I guess what's kind of sad is when she was raising Ricky after older Ricky had passed, I don't, based on what people read in the memoir, I guess allegedly Ricky's parents never liked Emily. Mm-hmm. She was always, always kind of fighting against the grain to like be accepted. Yeah. So I think when she found herself That's in this rough. position to make the shots, yeah. Jeff with one F was willing to like, and I guess Jeff with one F, I think he comes from a lot of money. Yeah. And I think he's like a nice enough guy, right? He's just yeah. like a fuck boy, but like he's, he's a nice enough man. But yeah, that's so fucking... Oh, I love that so much. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Like, it makes it, like, there's all these, because when you, when I watch it as an adult now, I'm like, if I had watched it now, I'd be like, why is she going for this kind of like fuck mm-hmm. boy? Remember how he rode in with a skateboard? Mm-hmm. Oh, and so people were saying that she liked the chase because Jeff was actually quite disinterested in her throughout yeah. the entire season. Yeah. And yeah. she was like, she wants what she couldn't have. You know what's so fucking, because then you have Desiree and she wanted Brooks, which didn't want her. And he was also the same type of, like, thin, you know, nobody, right, yeah. from the show. And I, I mean, I say that with uh, kindness, but it's, like, you know, it's just, like, funny when you think, like, the show, the lead, the winners always have to be these, like, super buff dudes. It's, like, no, not really. Like, the, these women wanted these, like, <laughs> these, like, thin, you know, wild-looking guys. Men. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to me. And then I think about, yes. you know, back to, like, the what do you get paid for thing, because then, then you have Peter... Um, from Rachel's season, who was her runner-up. Right, Peter. Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah, go, go, yeah go and so I... he asked for like half a mil or some shit or a mil. Mm, can't quite remember. Oh, so, to be sorry, the lead. I'll back up. They wanted him so bad. Oh, they were foaming they, at the mouth for Peter. They Gross. were like foaming at the mouth yeah. for him. And he said, no, you have to pay me. And let's say it's a half mil. And yeah. they turned it down. And then they picked Ari last minute. <laughs> the rest is history but um it's just like funny because how different would the franchise be i mean i don't like whatever peter has his problems now i feel like he's like a little bit of a red pill um reddit guy but like it just like obviously i mean still to this day i literally have episodes of the podcast where i interview somebody they're like oh my god peter should have been the lead and it's like yeah 
Oh, I they should have paid. Which my question to you actually, this is a good segue because speaking about people that chose like, like like Desiree clearly went to Brooke, she ended up choosing Chris, whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you think because the way that they framed Rachel Lindsay's finale, it was as if she wanted Peter, he turned right. around. What are your thoughts right. from like being so in the franchise? Like, do yeah. you think she actually wanted to choose Peter, but she had to go with Brian? I think that she did really love Brian and I think she did really want him. And then they edited it to give us this storyline and they do that. I mean, they do do that truly. Like yeah, it's, that was probably the most over, that was probably the most heavy handed version of that. I would say, right. um, but they do do it. You know, I think for a while people didn't really think that Jojo was going to pick Jordan. Like they were like, Oh, it's going to be Robbie or it's going to be um, Luke. And Luke. it was oh Jordan God. all along. Um, you know, there have been times like that where I think it, I mean, I, another good example would be Becca Kufrin with uh, Blake. I mean, everyone was convinced, myself included, that it was supposed to be Blake Kortzman, yeah. but it was Garrett. Now, listen, Garrett and her didn't work out, and for good reason. He's a bigot, but, yeah, um, you know, I mean, they lasted for two and a half years. Like, I think she fucking loved Garrett, you know? Um, I think so, too. They really and, seemed to fit during the season right. before we knew all this stuff about him. They really seemed to yeah. be a good match. Absolutely. But, like, did we all, all believe that Blake was supposed to be the winner? Like, ugh, like, he was. Yeah, and Becca's even said as much. She's, like, in the earlier episode, like, when we first started filming, I thought you were going to be it at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Garrett was kind of, like, this black horse that whatever that came in and swooped her in mm-hmm. and was like, oh, fuck, maybe I don't know. What yeah, I and I do I think, think they mixed around with them. I mean, I think Katie has been saying this right now on her little podcast runs, but, like, she didn't like Greg as much as everyone, unless the show made it seem like Greg was the number one. Oh, you didn't Greg watch is dating, Anyway. No, no, but I'm familiar. Does, isn't he dating Victoria Fuller now? Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, but, they're a hot couple, though. You know, she's so pretty. They, they fucked up that season in general altogether, but, like, she's, I think, alluded to the fact that, like, the producers were – um like trying to convince her. So I think there's like, yeah. I think you can never really know. Like, I mean, I think in some ways, you know, maybe Rachel did really like Peter cause she was being manipulated. Maybe she was being manipulated to really like him, but in the end her heart was really, you know, with Brian. With Brian the whole time. And Caitlin Brissow has even said as much during her season. She said that she actually really wanted Ben and uh, Sean to be mm. last one standing. Ooh, she, see? she, yeah, she always knew she was going to pick Sean, but she's like, I, I didn't want Nick to go through that yeah. again. But the producers were like, well, obviously it makes for better TV if he was the last one standing two different times. Literally. Two times, yep. So, I, I mean, like, exactly. Like, I think the producers, from what I've, like, I've consumed a lot of Bachelor content on my day, like on Reddit, and I've read, um, what's, what's Amy Kaufman's book. Mm-hmm, yeah, that was the one I did read, yeah. Yeah, and like, people always say when they've gone on that show, they don't tell you, instruct you, you need to do this, but they mm-hmm. highly heavily suggest you and push you in that specific direction Mm -hmm. and you kind of just go with it yeah and I think being in this kind of bubble you're not having contact with your family or friends I don't even think you have a phone if you're the lead you may you may if you're a lead but if you're a contestant yeah exactly you don't have any access to the outside world so you're kind of in this like fog of like thinking everything in here is like what they're telling me is the end all be all because you don't really know any different because you're kind of put in this like other universe for about six or seven weeks forever however long it is so it doesn't surprise me that people do make decisions that decisions that they wouldn't have otherwise made if they weren't in this really weird parallel type of universe where they're connected disconnected from everything that they know right Um, absolutely it's really i mean and then you then you i don't know we're we're not going on your list at all (laughs) no i love this conversation because we're going a lot of different directions and this is like but like hannah brown you know she picks zed jed sorry i called him zed oh my god (laughs) jed wyatt who could forget So she picks Jed Wyatt and, you know, she should have picked Tyler. And 
uh, or could have. You know, I don't, I don't. I actually don't like Tyler now either. But oh, like, I can't stand Tyler. Don't even get me. I can't. Yeah, I'm but fatigued. you know, yeah, she obviously that would have probably been a better like fit in the theory. But the I or maybe Jed ultimately was like well who she would have wanted. But the problem was he was obviously he was in a relationship the entire time. And the producers knew that towards if the bare minimum they knew that towards the end. I believe they knew it the whole time. But like they clearly allowed that to fucking happen and did not try to manipulate her into choosing another man. Again, not telling her. They even they could have literally also not told her, like, hey, Judd has a yeah. girl, but like they could have just been like, you know, they could have helped hey. foster love in like a different direction, you know? <laughs> looks pretty good over there. Not Jed. Yeah. Jed's kind of like this weird, like knockoff Chris Lane. No, I totally, I totally agree. Um, what the fuck is Jed doing now? I mean, he's like now he's like married or engaged or some shit with some Hannah Brown lookalike and <laughs> um from Nashville. They're just like a I bet he's on the Nashville Reddits. I bet you. If they have one for men, do they have one for men? I know you talked about they have one for the the housewives of Red. <laughs> oh yeah, the celeb wives of Nashville. You will find me there 24-7. Yeah. It is yeah. such a good subreddit because I'm not even like that into I'm into like very mainstream country, but like they have shit like the Aldeans who are like fucking mm-hmm. crazy. They have things about like Kristen Cavallari, about Shannon Ford, about fucking like Lauren Lane. Like there's a lot of bachelor adjacent activity in that. Please go look for Jed and let's come back and talk about it. Let's I circle want... back on the Jed Wyatt and yeah. all. Oh my god, I completely forgot. Remember when he was like strumming his guitar when Hannah like what a fucking loser! You're a I fucking. I wanna be your Mister Right. Oh, no, like, I'm like have a rash thinking about how embarrassing, like secondhand embarrassment I got from that. He really thought he was doing something for his music uh, career. Yeah. And now Hannah Brown's brother is engaged to Jed Wyatt's ex fiance, the one, the one that he was with the entire time. Like, what? Oh my god! Sometimes you just can't write this shit. You know, you can't make this shit up. I'm telling you, <laughs> this it, is that, why this franchise is the fucking goat. It's it. It is so like this is what I miss about the Bachelor franchise because I was so enraptured in the gossip that yeah. was the show because there were so many tangents. It wasn't just the season that you were talking about. You could take so many different tangents to so many seasons as far back as like 2007, and it would still be yeah. so fun for me. Yeah. Um. Okay. Another thing I wanted to bring up was speaking about production. I guess production, and let me know if you've never read, if you've read about this. Production apparently knew that Rachel was going to be the Bachelorette before they even knew Nick was going to be the Bachelor. Yeah. Did you know about this? I, I had not heard that they knew prior to Nick even like having like the season being. I had always heard it was like once she was cast on his season that Got they it. knew, and Got that it. from literal day one of that filming process, it was set in stone. Um, and I believe that, but I now do believe this thing that you're saying because I have heard that they wanted Greg again, um, to be the bachelor too. Like they had him pre-picked as well. Interesting. So how would they know? Like, is it how would they know that if like let's say Greg got eliminated like week four, would they still mm-hmm. have chosen like in situations like that when they? No, have I think their- they, I think they don't allow that to happen. <gasps> Oh, I see what you're saying. Like they're they're manipulating the situation such mm-hmm. that their first yeah. pick from night one stays on the show for a longest mm-hmm. period of time. Oh, yeah. that makes. And sense. And what they didn't anticipate was that Greg and Katie would have a very aggressive breakup that made him look like a gaslighter and make him look like a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it backfired. It was one. It's very fascinating to me. It backfired on them so hard. They gave him a like musical outro that was like this like love story, but everyone was like fuck greg <laughs> yeah because yeah. i've i kept hearing when i was on like 
I used to be on the Bachelor subreddit all the time. I, I rarely go in there anymore because I don't know who they're talking about anymore. But I kept yeah. seeing Greg's name everywhere. Yeah. Like, was he, was, he a oh, fan yeah, so favorite? They, they edited him to be the fave, right? There's things called Grippo Girlies. They yes. love him. And, like, he, they were editing him to be the man. They really were. And yeah. then they just – she <laughs> – she didn't say I love you back to him when he like wanted her to before it was like, like not even the end. And she was, she tried to be like, dude, I can't say that to you. Like I just, but she kept trying to be like, have faith, have faith, have faith. Mm. Like you're going to like make it. And he like melted down and then it got weird. And then they had like a daytime date where like he like shut down completely and then like started gaslighting her and then, like, got up and left her crying. And then she begged him. She got on her knees and was, what? like, begging him to, like, stay. And he, like, wouldn't even look at her. He was, like, this, just looking away. He's, like, I don't know who you are anymore. You aren't, like, blah, blah, blah. He just was so mean. And there's literally a scene of him, like, looking away. And she's on her knees crying. What? That's not going to be The Bachelor, baby. And I had never in my life gotten more DMs. From people, people I never talked to, so many DMs from women being like, I am like highly triggered because my ex boyfriend like talked to me that way. Yeah. And it like, Bachelor Nation was the most divided I've seen in a long time because they were so confused because they were like, we were supposed to like great yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> right it took a, it sounds like it took a really fast turn like it just it was totally okay until one second literally it wasn't, it wasn't exactly. And then Katie, to her credit, was not about that and she did not play nice and she like dragged him online was bitchy as yeah. fuck to him on the after the final roses and did not play nice and she suffered for it by i'm not going to go into details but she, the producers have not been kind to her <laughs> um, yeah we're not playing the game so and that's probably why she doesn't have, like, the best – But I mean, like, from what I've read on, like, the subreddit, it sounds like she doesn't have a good relationship with the franchise after she – No, 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 not at all. So, um, yeah, I so I think that they can do a lot, and I think they can make people – they can make anyone be a lead. Absolutely. I mean, they, I think they have, they have footage of all the people. That, you know, they probably have footage of five people this season alone. They can make a lead. And they just start – they've done their market research. They've figured out who they mostly want. Maybe it's down to two people, and then they basically give those two people a really good edit throughout yeah. the show, and then we get some kind of heartbreak edit at the end that could be literally made to look for anyone. You know, you can just really lay it in thick. Yeah. And they tried to do that with our current Bachelor, Zach. He was one of probably five people that could have been from that season, and they gave him a heartbreak edit, but no one fucking bought it. They're getting bad at their job. No one bought his heartbreak edit. I don't think he's like a monster or whatever, but no one fucking bought it. No one gave a shit because we didn't know him and it was really like put on. And now he's our lead and everyone's like, I don't, I don't, like, I'm not rooting for this man. Like I didn't, yeah, I didn't cry on my couch watching him get dumped because like it was like not, it was nothing, you know? I can't, un like the thing with Zach is like, he looks like a very, 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 like, thin version of Perez Hilton. Yeah, yeah. Somebody made that tweet the other day, and it's like, now we can never unsee it. <laughs> I, I can't. I cannot unsee it, because I'm like, oh, goodness. Like, this is this is yeah. not the vibe that I want for my Bachelor, is Perez Hilton on my motherfucking screen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Another one that I found out to be quite interesting was, and I had never heard of this. I was astonished when I heard of this. Nick Bial. 
was apparently hooking up with Jojo after Ben's season. <laughs> Did you, have you heard this before? Yeah, I heard the good Is it real? I don't know. I don't know. I believe it though. Because he has a way, like now, okay, if we think about it, he's hooked up now with Andy, with Caitlin, with Jojo, and of course, Jen Salviano. I would say arguably the most eligible bachelorettes mm-hmm. in the franchise, and I yeah. have no idea how. Yeah. And my theory is that he wanted to hook up with Caitlin Miller Keys. She ended up going with Deanie Babies, and that, but, sorry, sorry, she went with Blake Hortzman. You're right. That turned into the Blake Hortzman, Christina Shulman, you know, stagecoach. You stagecoach um, Finasco. And then she ended up then with Deanie's babies. Mm-hmm. And, but Nick has like a violent vendetta against, against Blake Hortzman. Blake. Why? <laughs> and it's because he got, he got the girl that he couldn't get. Kaylin was one of the hottest ones to get. And he didn't get her. Blake did. And I mean, I think he also hates Blake because Blake has continued to more or less be a fan favorite. You know, he had a stagecoach thing and he got his death threats. Um, yeah. But he has managed to still have a popularity because people think he's like authentic and like a pretty normal dude, which I agree. And um, Nick doesn't have an authentic bone in his body. <laughs> so he's yeah. just, you know, been flailing ever since to have any kind of you know, um, association with the franchise will at the same time saying he wishes he could be known for something other than the franchise. Um, Give me a break. His entire fucking career is built through this franchise. He would be so lucky to like, to even like, no. I know. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, no, I, so I believe Jojo, I believe. Yeah, I do. I believe it. And I think, um, cause I, I think there's a lot of fucking going on, like so much more than we even know. I agree. I think that like when you get a bunch of hot people together, it's like it's like high school reunion. Mm-hmm. It's like college reunion. You know what's so funny? So speaking of the Blake and Kaylin stuff, so I in order to get be a person that sits on, on sits in on the after the final rose, it's actually quite easy. And I for the life yeah. of me, I can't even figure out how I got it. But I think I emailed someone. Nice. And me and three of my friends flew from San Francisco to Burbank Airport in LA and we got to sit in on the after the final rose for that season of Bachelor in Paradise where Blake wow. and the Kaylin yeah. and the stagecoach drama. And first of all, just like folding, hiding behind the curtain or pulling the curtain back up. It's a very insane day. You basically yeah. have to leave your phone. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's full days. You can't, you have to full leave your phone in the yeah. car. And we were thinking about it. We're like, we could have easily stuck it in. Like there wasn't any monitors, but they were very specific on the instructions. When you come into the parking garage, make sure to leave your phone in the car. So we leave our phone in the car. We go into the parking garage. You're waiting for up to seven six seven hours in this warehouse and they did feed us pretty well like they got us chipotle and stuff but we were just sitting with no phone so like me and all my friends were like we could have at least had gotten like some beers or some fucking wine cooler so as we wait like this is ridiculous so then finally after hours of just sitting in this warehouse you get filed into like the after the final rose room and that's when all the contestants come out and i remember like not no we also got to watch the finale before everyone else yeah they, they made us right. sign an nda right because they're like you know this you're gonna watch the finale two weeks before it actually airs so you guys can't release what goes on whatever we're gonna sue you blah blah, blah. and it was so funny because it was me and three of my girlfriends 
this is so embarrassing. We were like going, we were in the warehouse waiting to be like go into the actual room. And me and my friends were like, ugh, we're all just so hot. We're totally going to be in the back. We're like, you're totally going to be like, we're going to be right by the contestants. We're totally going to be just like right in frame. In Literally, all the time. they sit us behind the fucking plant. So you couldn't even see our faces. <laughs> we're like, we're so hot. We're definitely going to be right in the frame. Like, we yeah, literally couldn't even get on their backs. You were too hot. They didn't want Blake to see you because they knew he had an issue. And they said, we cannot have our man leaving. I have a wandering eye <laughs> with these four hotties from San Francisco. No, we were on the floor like laughing. And it was like the entire time there were so many breaks and cuts. And like what I will say is that the drama between Kayla and Blake was very real. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it like. I was team Blake that entire time. And everyone yeah. in that cast was team Caitlin. We're like, just apologize. I'm like, why should he? Like, she mm-hmm. ran his name through the mud. He had to release those receipts. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. This could be a hot take. I've never liked Caitlin. I, I hate her. Like, I just hate her and Dean. <laughs> I, I really don't like her. No. Something about them, like, just triggers me. And you know that she, for- this could be, I'm going to get fucking ripped apart. She fucking begged him to marry her. Like, you can tell he didn't want Oh, yeah. Want no, to. it's a little, it's a, it's a bit. Uncomfy? It's a bit uncomfy. Yeah. I think in like, so many ways they're like perfect for each other, but all the, at the same time, I'm like, yeah, it, it is so, it's like cringe how much she's had to like beg him to literally. Like, she had to buy know. him a Toyota Tacoma in order to incentivize him to marry her. Like it's just everything about that relationship fucking bothers me. But like, yeah, I was just like, okay, this is, I don't know. I just, I'm team Blake through yeah. and through on the, who, whose that. team were you on? Were you, it's okay if you say Kaylin. Cause you yeah, know, I was on Kaylin's um, for the majority of time and I've come around to Blake's side of it. Cause I heard a podcast he did once where he just like talked about like, yeah, like how, like, I mean, frankly, trigger warning, like, you know, suicidal he was. And oh yeah, I believe how the that. show was like, not like helping him. And it was just like really bad. And he was, he, he didn't just like post the screenshots. He like asked a lot of people and he got like advice and they were like, you need to like do what's best for you. And you know, it was just like a bad situation all around. I mean, but God was a juicy, (laughs) but yeah, it's, I, I think it's all worked out for the better, you know, in the end. And now Blake's with um, Gianna or whatever her name is from LIB one. So the thirstiest motherfucking couple I could ever Mm -hmm. cut. Like I, Again, yeah. also another Like, if you could just make up a couple, you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. Like, that makes sense. And, like, I'm kind of, like, in a rash thinking about <laughs> them together. I know that's really mean. I have, like, very strong opinions on certain Bachelor people. No, absolutely. Same. I'm always like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> no, like, literally. He's disgusting. Get the fuck away from me. Like, She's a fucking so cunt. Much. I hate oh. Amanda Stanton. Like, we should talk. Oh. Can we talk, Amanda? Don't even. <laughs> yeah, let's fucking, let's fucking go there. Okay, I just have... This is, no. I'll, I'll tell you that the, the like, really bad shit I have on her offline, yeah. but she's, she's yeah. not a good person. I'll just say that. We'll just what, say what, that. What, 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 what do you have to say about her? I mean, I just think she's fake as hell. And I, yeah. um, I think that she, I mean, I don't know, like for better or for worse, she, she scanned the system perfectly. She's, she is a, like, uh, kind of like a model or like for like what you could look at and be like how how to do it you know in the franchise back then i don't think you could do it now oh, yeah totally you Agreed. Know? but she was the one who did it and she coined it really well and having her kids and everything that worked out i mean i don't i do not uh i'm not like victim blaming her for being with josh who was a piece of shit all of that was on him but it was just like all of it was like oh my god amanda like but she i think she proposed like 
she's exactly kind of what you and I talked about on the Patreon, which is somebody who knows that she cannot be political or stand up for yep. fucking anything or her entire brand will crumble. And yep. uh, I really dislike people like that who try to pretend like they're super authentic and they care about like the people in the world, but like will not like, you know, share Black Lives Matter or do anything. Um, I <laughs> Justice for Poppy <laughs> and she never told us where that dog went and like we all know it just went somewhere else but like it's just like very irresponsible she's very irresponsible platform she was never good about covid yeah i hate her fucking stupid hair she goes to that dumbass hair salon that everyone wants What's to go name? to was it hair by christy or some shit hair by christy yeah i mean she, i get that it's like a vibe but like ugh. i mean i think she, it looks bad she yeah, she's really interesting. I, I can't even say it without outing certain people. So. Well, yeah, and then she went, she got arrested for beating up that guy. Yeah, domestic. Oh, yeah, and then that guy, what's his fucking face? Oh, he was the worst. So she did this guy that wasn't colorized? a bachelor guy. Yeah, he was just some random guy, yeah, with the fucking massive eyes. And he Bobby. was like I a think MAGA. His name was Bobby. Didn't yeah, Bobby. And he was so MAGA. And <laughs> he was horrible god that was violent and then yeah, like, yeah but, was, like, but she beat him up in vegas and got arrested I and i'm just like okay what's happening right now i know she's like she is so probably like i'm waiting because her and i go like frequent the same you know boutiques yeah. i'm waiting for the fucking day i run into her down here i'm like but i'm like my ass would probably be fake as fuck oh my god i love you, you. big oh fan god. no i'm just kidding I wouldn't, even fucking, amazing. I wouldn't even fucking acknowledge her because she's such a she's i just can't with her and her fucking voice um mm-hmm. okay let's move on for a minute because <laughs> yeah, she sucks um okay something else i found out was that emily made the producer seem like she didn't end up going to the fantasy suites with either Ari or Jeff or Sean. And I distinctly remember watching that in college. And I remember she was crying because she wanted to fuck Ari so badly, but she didn't because she wanted to set a good example for her daughter, Ricky. But then apparently, allegedly she spent the night with both Ari and Jeff and actually Sean, Sean Lowe, who was the second runner up who ended up being the bachelor later on said that she spent the night with all three of them. He's later confirmed that, but Sean was a born again virgin. So he confirmed he did not have sex with Emily. He thought he was the winner though, because, he thought Emily was only doing the fantasy suites with him, but then he later found out that that was actually BS, and she actually probably, more likely than not, slept with Jeff and Ari. That's never been confirmed or denied, but I thought that was really interesting that she played us. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. I I didn't hear that, but that makes, yeah, all of it tracks that she would just be like, you are are absolutely going to show me saying that I didn't do this, and then... I'm going to go fuck both of them. Yeah. Wow. Which, like, and I I was also reading Girl boss. I, I also was reading things that she, after her and Jeff broke up, she was allegedly sexting, you'll never guess who, from the franchise. Boy. He was a former Bachelor. You literally won't even guess because it's so I, fucking I random. Like I knew this, but... <clears throat> oh, I can't. Who? Ben Flagnick. Oh, see, I was gonna say Ben. Oh, my Muffy God. From Arthur. Muffy. <laughs> Chris Jenner's bestie. Chris Jenner's ah. bestie. So funny. I would see him a lot in SF because we lived in the same neighborhood. I would see him like all the fucking time. Uh, God. But he, yeah, apparently she was sexing with Ben, which is like, what the fuck? Ben Flashnick like always pulled. He, I, yeah. It's these fucking, these nerd boys, these thin nerd boys. I'm yeah. telling you, that's my fucking, if I'm going to do a dude, it's this, it's that. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> you gotta like dudes, but if I had to, be looking like that. That is it. That's because the, they look effeminate. I'm sorry. 
he, who would you say is the most effeminate guy from the franchise that you're like, oh, that. okay, if I had to, maybe? I mean, those were all the good ones back in the day. Um, hmm. I mean, oh, yeah, it's been kind of hard. Um, I mean, Deanie Babies, to be honest. Um, oh my god, he was, see, that's why I think I hate Caitlyn so much because I yeah. loved Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deanie, Deanie would do it for sure. And then he's so hot. Yeah, he's and he's not like as much a little, anymore, but little guy. Um, and yeah, um, Brandon from Michelle season, little little buddy as well. Um, hmm. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's definitely been some men in the franchise that I was like, I, you know, I'm very attracted to for sure. Like, um, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can appreciate it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it's my Dini my Babies joke is always that. like, I if like so like take Luke P for an example from Hannah Brown season. <laughs> wait, the question. I used, wait, to, yeah. <laughs> I used to always get like people wanting to cancel me because I said like I would fuck him because look at his jawline like and his thighs <laughs> like. Tuck it's, it's like oh my Luke god. I, <laughs> I would like, just ride his face. Problematic person on that fucking bed. Yeah. I forgot about him. Are <laughs> you telling me that like I would? He just like I would. Okay. I would destroy him because he would hate somebody like me, and then I would sit on his face, and I would just like kill him. He would. He, <laughs> he wouldn't know what to do with my life. He'd be like, I do. I do not do that in, in the Lord's name. Like I, yeah. you know, I only kiss because I'm so Christian. Yeah. Speaking of sexcapades, so the last thing I want to touch on is sexcapades on the show. So it's been known, and I've heard this not even just on Reddit, but like through the rhetoric of The Bachelor, Bob Guineas, who's like an old, I didn't even watch the season. This was like yeah, I, I didn't. Four. Yeah. But apparently he was hooking up with every single one of his contestants. Like he would go so far as to like when they were on in the limo on the way to like the destination of their date, they would have sex. He they would go into the bathroom and I guess a producer even walked in on him getting like a blowjob in the bathroom. Mm. So mm. I'm curious if you've ever heard any like inside scoop about like extramarital affairs happening on the set. Have you ever heard of anything like this? Well, I mean, there's definitely been public scandals. There was um a woman on Oh my god, I think I know what you're talking about. Meredith? Shh. Chris Souls or Sean Lowe's season who had sex with a producer. Um oh. or hooked up with a producer. Roslyn. Remember yes, Roslyn. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that was Jake Pavelk. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, so that far. Damn. <laughs> Roslyn. Fuck me. Roslyn. Ooh. Oh my god. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. she was so like, um, I don't know what you're talking about. And Chris Harrison's like, bitch, we fucking like, know. Like, what are you talking about? He was about? on video, bitch. Like, what are you talking about? We know. <laughs> You have to leave. Um, there, of course, is the classic Nick, Caitlin, outside of the fantasy suite. Of course. Um, there, I have a long-held theory that uh, Peter finger-blasted Rachel in the hot tub earlier. And that they Rachel. they filmed it like I literally there's like a scene where they're in a hot tub and they're like, it's definitely towards like the end of the season. Peter you know, Weber, like not yeah, or no Peter, um, the, Rachel Lindsay is Peter. Um, what's oh, 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 Peter yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Peter F? P- Peter Kraus. Kraus, thank you, Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Peter Kraus, Peter K. Um, I just, I, I just, it's just for me. But I literally, they're they're filming them in a hot tub, and I'm certain that we saw her getting fingered. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it. I just fucking know it, dude. You're so funny. I'm almost certain. <laughs> I'm almost certain. Um, and then uh, Juan oh Pablo God. and oh, Juan Pablo Claire. Claire. 
did it outside of Fancy Sweet and right, like whatever. Right. And then Courtney Robertson, of course, fucked of course. Ben in the ocean. She talks about that in her memoir, which I highly recommend. It's a great, it's I a great unveiling that. of what goes on in that franchise. It's called "I'm Not Here to Make Friends." Yeah, and uh, they so they fucked beforehand too. Mm-hmm. I think it happens a lot more than we, you know. Maybe no. I met. I bet less now that, you know, things are getting a little bit more, like, they have to have their sets be a little bit more chill. Like, they have a alcohol limit in theory now. Um, What happened with that? that. What what was that again? Yeah, yeah. It was Demi and – no, sorry. Not Demi. um, Corinne and – Oh, my God. Yeah. What was that? Corinne and – God. Why am I – Oh, my God. I'm blanking. Damar. Tomorrow, <laughs> maybe. Sorry, God damn it. This is embarrassing. I did an entire Patreon episode on this. Like it's, um, oh, but well, yeah, uh, I forgot about that. Oh my god, they had to yeah. shut down production because yeah. she got so drunk and she alleged. What did she even allege? I mean, it was a producer that alleged that non-consensual um, stuff We're happened, and then they have since like said that it was okay. But like, I think no one will know. I think well, none of us will ever know. You know. The real. Jackson. Jackson. Damar Jackson. Yeah, Damar Jackson. Damar Jackson. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what he looked like. And no, J- well, I think me- Damar Jackson was on the was a more recent Damar Jackson. You're thinking about the Soul Cycle, the spin instructor. DeMar oh Jackson. yeah, Damar. Yeah. I'm gonna say Jackson and Corinne. Pe- the people are probably fucking yelling at us right now. Yeah, I know. Demario. Demario. God damn it, y'all. <laughs> Demario, uh, you're, you're close. You just were missing uh, two letters. Yo. I'll accept my <laughs> my Demario cancellation Jackson. offline. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I that was a really fucked situation. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, accept. <laughs> I'll accept my cancellation offline. I can't, I can't do it right now. I just like oh I don't God. have the fucking time. I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking scandalous. It See, was. This, it was this so is the days. This is these are the days that I miss from like The Bachelor. You know what I mean? Is that mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you drinking? <laughs> is that Jack Daniels? Yeah, it's just warm Evan Williams, which is like Jack Daniels. <laughs> Just drinking it. Oh my god. Mm. Oh my god, I can't breathe. I'll accept my cancellation. Oh my. Dude, you're, you're killing me. Like, that was just so casual. I'm like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm waiting for it. It's I'm, it's a long okay, time overdue. Breathe. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. Like, this is the stuff I miss from the bachelor. Like, shit like that. What it, like The whole world would stop. You know what I mean? fucking it was and my my like if i have to choose a favorite part of it which obviously it's like shit situation from top to bottom right Right. <laughs> but the only like joy that we got from that moment is when they brought production back and it restarted paradise that season they made everyone besides those two sit in the semicircle and chris harrison <laughs> had a like fucking afternoon school special like thing with them about consent and like it was it, it was like the most insane thing i've ever seen in my life so raven <laughs> Raven, what do you think about, you know, consent? And she's like, well, I, like, no, uh, I can't do a southern accent. Well, Chris, 
I'm not going to play it as a fucking hillbilly who's never had sex before. I can't breathe. Never had an orgasm before. I think that consent's real important. (laughs) Christ. No, like, those were the days, dude. Like, that's what I miss after school it was so fucked because they had to do it because they were like we almost like had a like full-blown like assault scandal on our like on our own production and and, like we had to just like come back and be like okay we're limiting the drinks and you guys have to make sure you look me in the eye chris harrison tell me you understand that no means no and yes means yes oh my god oh my god i'm so fucked i'm fucking dying (laughs) stupid Okay, well, that was literally the funniest fucking thing. Like, I can't wait to put these into a TikTok to like, because I hope people are laughing along with us. Because like, if you don't think this is funny, then you're not fucking funny. Okay, like, if you're listening, you're not fucking laughing your ass off. I'm willing to bet you have no sense of humor because, and like, it's this very specific like like part of bachelor that people will understand like if you watch it you have to be laughing so hard right now because it was so iconic i miss that and the only time i've ever felt any joy similar to that is last week on the current season zach got covid and they had to do the entire (laughs) cocktail party and rose ceremony through a zoom call and i was losing my goddamn mind (laughs) i was like i've never seen something funnier in my fucking life they're standing in front of a TV screen and he's like, uh, Katie, will you accept this rose? And she walks up to it and she's like, do I pick up the rose? And and then he talks over her because there's a fucking lag. And I was like, just like, I can't handle this right now. But it was like the it's funniest so fucking thing. fucking jank. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. I can't breathe. Sorry. Okay. The entire time, the, every time on the, the Zoom call during the cocktail party, the women, it was like not a real Zoom meeting. So they couldn't, there was no reflection for the women. And every single woman was like, I can't see myself. And they like couldn't handle they could, that they couldn't see themselves, oh which is so relatable. But it's Zach so was relatable. like, he was like, I don't know what's totally. wrong. Why Why is that a problem for you? And we're like, shut the fuck up, Zach. Like, it's I need to know. Most, I need to it's see myself. <laughs> It's the most barbaric thing. I can't imagine talking on the phone not be able to see myself on the screen. Literally, I've been looking at myself the entire fucking yeah. conversation. <laughs> so, like, I can't. It's not okay, oh but it was so fucking funny. Oh anyway, but, like, I, it's, like, you have to have moments like that from the show <laughs> where you're just, like, I, we're all just, like, this is a simulation. It's a simulation. I'm, honestly, this is gonna go into the archives as one of, as, no, one of, if not, it is the funniest episode I will ever release. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, Jenna, um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, can you tell everyone where you where they can find you? And obviously, I'm going to plug all this on the show notes, so and on yeah. my Instagram and everything. Please welcome, come over to the shit show over at Date Card Pod on Instagram and Date Card Pod on all of the uh, platforms. Um, I also have a TikTok under Date Card Pod, but I talk. It's like it's mostly gayer, but it well, is bachelor and also um twilight because so my three my three special interests are those topics so trilogy uh, the holy trilogy so if you want like real cool nuanced discussion on twilight bachelor and taylor swift um being gay then come find me and yeah just enjoy my instagram my instagram's a fun place my dms are open and i 
I have a great parasocial game and I just go on there and rant about all sorts of bullshit. And it's a it's mostly a Nick Fial hate account. So if you I mean, aren't we all? Fuck yeah. that guy. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fun. Um and yeah, so come over and then yeah, check out that diversity campaign too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that too. The most important thing. Make sure to check that out and sign the petition, please. Okay, well, it was so much fun having you on, Jenna. You are the fucking funniest person I've ever met. This, this is, why is so much fun because I I never get to talk about like this kind of shit anymore. It's so niche. <laughs> so like, like I literally could not go to any other person and be like, let's talk about Amanda Stanton for like ten minutes, like <laughs> and Demar Jackson. No, Demario Jackson. Oh <sighs> okay, well, thank you so much everyone you know where to find me at xnozole follow me on instagram rate review subscribe all the things okay bye bye